What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. All right, well, hello to our Becoming Your Best friends, wherever you are at in the world. This is Rob Schallenberger, and hoping you are having a great day. It's a beautiful spring day in Utah. We've got sunny skies, uh, 60 degree weather. For those outside the US, 60 degrees Fahrenheit. (laughs) Anyway, it's a beautiful day here. So, hey, this is going to be one of those quick podcasts. And I just want to really share a couple of insights that I hope can actually, while it might be quick, can still be very powerful and have a big impact in your life. You know, about five years ago, I had the chance to meet Famous Dave. If you've ever heard of Famous Dave's Barbecue, he owns a big chain of restaurants, barbecue restaurants throughout the United States. For those who are outside the U.S., he's risen to create this very successful chain over the course of several decades. Well, at this event where I met him, he was asked, Dave, what is the secret of your success? And his response was interesting to me. His response was that he had been investing in himself since he was 20 years old. He would invest up to even $100,000 to get a coach who would just give him one idea. He's attended masterminds all over the world. He's, he said that he's flown to China because he heard that there was an amazing barbecue recipe there and he had to try it for himself. So if there's something out there where he can just get one nugget, one improvement, that's all he's looking for. And then his follow-on comment was even more intriguing. He said, can you imagine the compounding effect of just one idea per coach or one idea per mastermind or one idea per conference? It's been exponential. Everything in his chain of restaurants that has helped him be successful has come from someone else in most cases, according to him. You know, that one idea from a coach, a mastermind, et cetera. So from this podcast, I'd invite you to do the same thing. Just look for that one quick thing that can help you improve just slightly more than you are currently today in your life. Just that one little thing. And shouldn't be too hard because I'm going to make a couple of specific invitations and this will be pretty quick. (laughs) Have you ever heard the old saying that When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Well, something in my life has been showing up over and over and over again over the last few weeks. And I don't know if that's just me being the willing student or if that is uh, God showing me something that is important right now in my life that I need to focus on. I don't know. But I don't attribute these kind of things to coincidence. I believe that they happen for a reason. I was doing a keynote at a conference in... California a couple of weeks ago, and the other person who was there keynoting it, whose name I wish I could remember, but I don't have it off the top of my head, his whole keynote was all about kindness. And he was talking about the power of kindness and how that's transformed his life, simply being kind to others. He used to be, you know, a fairly intense person. It was all about him. He attempted suicide, but it was this shift to focusing on treating other people right, which ironically is principle five of the 12 principles, right? Live the golden rule. So there's a great power in that. And we've done other podcasts on this principle as well. I just found it interesting that I was there and I happened to listen to his his keynote and really enjoyed it. And it it caused me to think. And what I'm about to share, there is no, there's no boasting in this at all because there are so many people who do so much more and have such kinder and more, you know, giving hearts. But right after I heard his keynote, I had to fill up the car with gas. I had another couple hours before my keynote and then it was going to be a tight turn to the airport. 
Well, I had this nice blanket that was given to me as a gift while we were there. So I went to fill up the car with gas and, you know, I'm just hashing over what he had said in my mind about being kind to others and, and all the benefits that come to us from being kind. And I looked over while I'm filling up my car with gas and there was this homeless lady sitting on the corner. You know, the weather was nice, but it was clear that she was in a pretty rough place in her life. She was probably, I don't know, 60 years old, somewhere in there, looking pretty rough. Just everything about her seemed pretty rough. So, you know, I had this thought, I don't really need this blanket. Why don't I give it to her? So I walked over and handed her this blanket and she had a big smile on her face and, oh, thank you. And it was a nice blanket. You know, it was one of those really comfortable kinds that you rub your fingers through, but she was so appreciative. And, you know, that smile was worth, boy, just about, you know, a piece of gold. <laughs> it really touched me, her, her smile and her laugh and, and just her gratitude that she had right there. And I walked back to the car, not thinking much about it other than, you know, you felt you feel good inside when you do those kind of things, little things. And this guy came over and he said, you know, she's there every, every day. And he said, that was so cool, man, what you did. And he gave me a little fist bump. And the truth is, there's so many people that devote so much more time to kindness. That was one simple little act, but it really stuck with me, her smile and the feeling that came along with it. And that's why I said, if the student is ready, the teacher can appear. So I don't think it's a coincidence that I happen to be sitting there listening to his keynote while I was waiting to give my keynote. I don't think it's a coincidence that that lady just happened to be there to give me the opportunity to do something very small that she may or may not even remember, but that I certainly will because of her smile, just that simple smile and her looking, you know, when she looked into my eyes and then it went a little bit further than that. Going from there, I was on a flight coming back from New York and I don't know if you've seen this new Mr. Rogers movie. <laughs> it's an awesome movie. I mentioned this to my kids and I, and I mentioned the name Mr. Rogers and all of my kids looked at me and said, who's Mr. Rogers? <laughs> so that's one of the first signs that you're getting old is when nobody else remembers who Mr. Rogers is. So I'm going to assume that you listening to this know who Mr. Rogers is. If you don't go look him up and it would be worth your time to look him up and watch this movie. So anyway, here's the movie about Mr. Rogers. It's a great movie and it's just the power of kindness and how genuinely, while he's not a perfect person and even he would say that he struggled with temper. But yet he found a way to work through it in his own life. And he was so genuinely kind to others. The movie, when you watch the movie, and I won't tell you all about it, is based on a true story. There was a reporter who was known for just being tough, really hard on people. He'd write these articles on people and just really brutal uh, as he'd go after them, trying to expose some negative aspect of their life, you know, or their success. And anyway, he was assigned to write an article on on Mr. Rogers. As he got to know him, the tables turned. This guy was estranged from his father. He no longer had a relationship with his father. In fact, he hated his father. And Mr. Rogers, through his kindness, just totally turned the tables on this guy. And not with any hidden agenda other than that's, that's who Mr. Rogers was. He listened. He cared. And it completely changed this guy's life. And because of Mr. Rogers and his kindness and his willingness to listen, this reporter who was writing the article on Mr. Rogers went back and repaired the relationship with his father, which wasn't easy. And I don't want to ruin the movie and tell you how it all happened. You can watch that. But the point was, again, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Here I am looking and watching another movie about kindness. And man, there were points where I had tears coming down my cheeks just watching this on my Delta flight. <laughs> and I came back and I started to listen to my kids just slightly different that day. Sounds like it was a pretty frustrating experience, Bella. Well... You know, and then they continue to talk rather than trying to solve their problems or anything else. I'm just being kind and listening. And we're not perfect. We all have challenges. I love what Vince Lombardi said when he took over the Green Bay Packers. In our pursuit to be 
better people, better leaders, better spouses, parents, managers, coworkers, etc. We know we're not going to be perfect. And, and this quote fits perfectly. He said, we are going to relentlessly chase perfection, knowing full well we will not catch it because nothing is perfect. But we are going to relentlessly chase it because in the process, we will catch excellence. And I am not remotely interested in just being good. That's my feeling on this. I'm not remotely interested in just being good anymore. We're going to chase perfection. Even though we know we're not going to catch it, we know that we will catch excellence in the process. We will become better than we currently are today. And that's why I love the 12 principles. And especially in this particular scenario that I'm talking about right now, kindness. This is something that I feel like almost all of us across the board could not only use more of in our lives, but we could be more kind to others in this process. It's a pretty tough world in in which we live right now, and it, it could use a lot more of this. So let me use one more example here. As we go through this, I was just doing a four-hour training yesterday for all of these Utah government leaders. They had driven from all over the different municipalities, the towns. We focused on lead with a vision, manage the plan, roles and goals, pre-week planning, treating people right, and how to build and maintain trust. And it was interesting. You know, with a group of people there, like I said, there was about 150 people in the room. And I could just tell they were engaged. They were loving it. They were as anybody would, and many people listening to this have, have been through the seminars, and you know how powerful the principles are. So that when, you know, you talk about developing a written personal vision, I can tell they're just deep in this and loving it, and, and it's very introspective for them. And then they start working on their roles and goals, and almost everyone in the room, I can just see they're really deep in thought, and, and, it, and it's moving for them. They're just having a great experience, except this one guy. And in a group of 100, it's almost always like there's one person, it seems like. 99 out of 100, you can see they're engaged, they're smiling, they're really processing it. It's a moving and powerful experience for them. But I'm always looking for that one because it seems like there's one in 100. And I can tell when I make eye contact with them, their body language is different in those people. And so sure enough, I found my one. (laughs) And he's sitting there and he kind of has his arms crossed a little bit and he's not really participating. Everyone else is in there writing. You can tell they're deep in thought and he's just not there. So I watch him over the course of 30 minutes and, and just nothing. I can tell he's closed for whatever reason. And this is not the first time I've seen this. So there's usually some reasons for this. You know, when a person develops a written personal vision and they're thinking about their roles and goals, for most people that is thrilling, it's exciting, it's powerful. But there are some for who that evokes a really powerful and deep emotion and they're not ready for it. Anyway, so I walked over to this guy and I think maybe before a month ago, I would have kind of gone after him a little bit, you know, (laughs) prodding, what's going on? But in the spirit of Mr. Rogers, in the spirit of this kindness keynote, in the spirit of that smile that that lady had given me on the corner, I approached this gentleman differently. You know, in the spirit of Mr. Rogers, clearly there's something happening internally. I'm not going to go after him. I just want to simply listen. And so I just touched him lightly on the shoulder while everyone else is working on an activity. I walked off the stage and came down and just quietly in his ear so that no one else would notice or hear. I said, you know, it seems like like maybe this isn't really resonating with you for some reason. And then he just paused. And he looked at me and he said, no, this is fabulous. He said, I've never seen content presented that's so good as this. And he said, it's just really, and, and this is about the pace at which he was talking. He said, this is just really deeply emotional for me. And then I could see his lips start to quiver and his cheeks and, and tears welling up in his eyes. And again, I'm just listening. A month ago, I would have been right into problem solving mode. Right now, I'm thinking Mr. Rogers kindness keynote, the lady on the corner. And so I just ask him, you know, it sounds like this is deeply emotional. I'm just trying to listen. And uh, (laughs) this is not necessarily my personality to do this, 
but it was so good for me to do that. And he just, he really had tears now coming down his cheeks. And he's like, I know this is important. It's just so emotional for me right now. And at that point I had to go back on stage and I just quietly put my arm around him and gave him a hug. I said, brother, I'm with you. Let's talk before you leave. And I walked, walked away, but it was a different feeling. I didn't go into that conversation with any agenda other than to listen and seek to understand. And this has really had a big impact on the last maybe three to four weeks of my life. And so I don't know who this podcast is for out there. It's as much for me as for anyone. But when the student is ready, the teacher seems to appear. And for me, the teacher seems to be kindness. And I do think that God has his hand in this, that this is something that's important to me in my life right now. And maybe this could resonate for someone out there who maybe kindness is the answer for you right now. Uh, You know, trying to listen without any intent to solve someone's problem, really giving them their treating other people right, looking for the opportunities to lift and to serve, being more attentive to this. You know, we were just in Washington, D.C. last week for our public two-day conference. When we got to the end of Principle 5, Live the Golden Rule, I asked everyone to take out their phones. And I haven't done this in three years. The last time I did what I'm about to share was in Banff, Canada for a keynote there. But I just felt this impression like I should do this. So I said, everyone take out your phones. I just feel a feeling that we should Send a text message to someone who's important to you in your life and tell them how much you appreciate them. If appropriate, tell them how much you love them. (laughs) And this business owner sitting over to my left said, are you clairvoyant? (laughs) I said, no, I just try to respond to these feelings because literally 30 seconds prior to me saying it, he said, I had the feeling that I should do exactly that. (laughs) So we paused and everyone took about a minute to do that. And they send their text. And I said, look, You're not sending this text right now with any hope of a response. They may or may not respond to you. That's not why you're sending the text. This is not to seek some sort of approval or or compliment back. This is purely to give. It's purely kindness. It's purely love. I don't know who responded other than one person. And the next day he showed me the response and I actually had him read it for the group. It was from his mother-in-law. He texted his mother-in-law when everybody else sent the text and he just told her how much he loved her. And he didn't get a response from her until the next morning. And she said, wow exclamation point. That was so kind of you to send that and so sensitive. And and then she mentioned a couple of other things, but I thought, you know, that didn't take anybody in the room longer than 30 seconds to do. And so while we're not going to be perfect in this life, if we will focus on these 12 principles of which this is just one kindness and living the golden rule and treating people right, while we're not going to achieve perfection, these pursuits will help us catch excellence and live a much happier, more fulfilled and deeply satisfying life. And for me, I think I've needed to be the student over the last few weeks in this. There's just been too many places where I've seen examples of kindness, and it's really touched me deeply and caused me to reflect, you know, who am I? How am I treating people? It's caused a whole other layer of of just deepness in my life and happiness. So I hope that for someone out there, whether it's in the Philippines or South Africa, South America, Russia, wherever you're listening to this, that it will resonate with someone, that there's something you can do for someone in your life to be more kind to them. Maybe that means letting go of something, letting go of a judgment, letting go of someone that hurt you somewhere along the way in your life and, and working through that. Maybe send a text to someone that you love and you haven't shared that with them in a long time. I mentioned that the last time I'd done that was in Banff, Canada. And when I did do that, I had him all send the text just like I did here in DC. And this guy came up afterwards and he said, you know, that's the first time I've told my son in years and years and years that I love him. And he said, that was a really hard text to send, but he said, I was almost overcome when I sent it because it needed to be said. And that's, that's the idea. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It was short, 16 minutes in the spirit of famous Dave. You know, if we can just exponentially get one idea 
from each of these. That's where we get that kind of growth that becomes quote unquote exponential. And so I thank you for making the time for these podcasts. You're the ones that make this becoming your best movement happen. We love you. We appreciate you. We hope you have a fabulous week. And remember, one person can make a difference. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, it would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.